Hi, welcome to an exciting episode of the Oscar Central podcast. We are here to give you, obviously not our immediate reaction, but our reaction to the 95th Academy Award nominations that were announced today, January 24th. I'm Kinsey and I'm here with Jacob. How are you? I am ecstatic, as one might say. Um, Yeah, I'm very excited to talk about these and I'm very excited to dive into them. I have a lot of thoughts about some nominations um, that I, I will talk a lot about. But I... All in all, there were a lot of good things that happened, and I was really excited about these nominations. Yeah, I agree. I felt like overall, they're great. Um, We're also here with Adriano, who is coming to us from Sundance. And um, he. Wait, before we do this, we have one of us is in every time zone. Oh, wow. I just realized that because you're Mountain, you're Pacific, Lex is Eastern, and I'm Central. Wow. We did, that. we did it we did it um but specifically with adriano brendan fraser's campaign manager mm-hmm. how you feeling how you doing uh, feeling successful today <laughs> um, i should have said academy award academy award nominee i brendan did fraser. i did legitimately actually edit the wikipedia page for brendan fraser to put that in there at Thank every you time for your service Thanks, of course. I'll, if it's still up, I'll find out. Um, yeah, no, I'm feeling good. Uh, the nominations, you know, other than, you know, a few things that I weren't in love with, nothing, but, you know, nothing bad happened that I wasn't expecting. There was a lot of, there was some, a decent amount of uh, good surprises. So, you know, I, yeah, overall, I'm giving two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. And then we're also here with Lex, who, for her first time, like, predicting the oscars did a pretty great job um how are you doing i'm good um i actually was quite pleased with um how my predictions went versus the nominations and i feel like most of the ones i was off on like everybody was kind of they were ones that just were general shockers so it's pretty proud of myself um i was of course really glad to see fire of love can't wait to get into that when uh we talk about documentary um, I also realized uh, that Austin Butler's nomination is actually the second uh, nomination of an actor who was previously on iCarly. On Sunday night, I said it would be the first. I'm sorry. I've, I'm just correcting myself now, but uh, I was really happy for him, too. Yeah, I think that uh, surprisingly, all of us were very happy for Austin Butler in Elvis. Um, so the nominations, we had quite a few films that picked up a ton of nominations on top was everything everywhere all at once in everything everywhere in the nominations 11 nominations um followed by all quiet on the western front and banshees of inishirin both at nine the fablemans with seven nominations tar and top gun maverick with six um i think that was a little expected for their halls i think like tar overperformed but some of us were kind of like it could pop up there so it wasn't like too surprising it's just wild that they did it um were there any like of those movies that you guys thought would do more or less just like number wise or with how with how all quiet was doing i thought it would do more 
and oh i, I literally was like are was, we going titanic la 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 like i was like what are we doing here? i was very surprised that at least didn't get director which i yeah I that was talking we'll talk about but um uh top gun maverick as well it's for how it was talked about as such a technical like feat and achievement getting six especially was going to do dune numbers Mm -hmm. because i thought it was kind of similar in a way where it's not a acting play but it's a big weirdly a screenplay weirdly and when i saw we saw screenplay our group chat went wild hey Um, you don't understand that magazine article is unadaptable (laughs) no one could have done it um no one could have could have made those uh, non. So now non, I'm like, uh, what would Noah Baumbach's Top Gun Maverick be like? Is what I'm thinking. Oh my god! <laughs> no I one can never... see Adriano's face, but he's not interested. <laughs> I could um, never even think about it. But we had some really exciting history-making nominations. We had 16 of 20 acting nominations as their first time being nominated, which is insane i think even if you don't pay attention to this stuff that is wild um with the nominations for michelle yo kehi kwan stephanie shu and hong chow it was the most uh asian acting nominations in one single year which is not that many so that's very shocking um the daniels are the fifth duo nominated for director which is they're gonna win um and daniel kwan's nominations for directing an original screenplay mark the 13th time asian filmmaker has been recognized in each category which i think is really exciting um the elvis cinematographer mandy walker is the third woman to be recognized in that category which um in 95 years is a shame but we're getting there slowly but surely um Steven Spielberg ties a record for the director with most films nominated for Best Picture with 13. Um, quite a number. All Quiet on the Western Front is the first Best Picture nominee to be spoken almost entirely in German. It's also our fifth year in a row that a film not in the English language has been nominated in Best Picture. Um, this is a funny stat to go back to back. <laughs> this is the first time since 1982 that two of the highest grossing films of the year are nominated for Best Picture with Top Gun Maverick and Avatar The Way of Water. Um, really impressive. It's really crazy. Uh, Women Talking is the first Best Picture nominee to earn only a SAG uh, cast nomination with no individual nominations and no PGA nomination. Which is, uh, I understand why like people were predicting it to miss. Um, Kate Blanchett has now appeared in 10 Best Picture nominations, tying with Leonardo DiCaprio, just behind Robert De Niro, who has 11. So uh, wow. if Kate Blanchett is in a film, I would uh, put it in your Best Picture predictions, I guess is what we're saying. Um, Steven Spielberg ties with Martin Scorsese for the second most Best Director nods at nine. He's also the first director to be nominated in six different decades, which... Uh, now he's two. Now he's two in this decade already. So um and he's not stopping. <laughs> he's not stopping. Um Angela Bassett is only the fourth black actress to receive multiple Oscar nominations, which that, that wow. is mm-hmm. that's shocking, but also yes. like 
Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis joins Laura Dern and Liza Minnelli as the only actors to be Oscar nominated after both their parents were. Who's Jamie Lee Curtis's parents? Nepotism. Oh, another <laughs> Nepo baby. Wait, is she a Nepo baby? Did you, you miss her weighing in on nepotism? I like, thought she was just. Ago? I I didn't know she was actually a nepo baby. I thought she was just talking about it. Okay, <laughs> I I need you to get get on Google. Um, do you remember Tony her Halloween? Candy. Do you remember her Halloween costume? Uh, one of the premieres of Halloween. I think so. Okay. Um, do you not know? I mean, you I might know. No, he like, needs to Google why it. she's he deemed needs- like. He needs to Google it. I need, I need to watch him figure this out. Yeah, no, um, Google it right now. Google while Google Jacob is Googling. Okay, I wish I was recording. Jacob's recording, so he can send me this video. <laughs> For everyone listening, Jacob is stunned. You know the His TikTok viral? The TikTok jaw is on the, the man ground. was too stunned to speak. Um, yeah, great Nepo baby. Um, best director and original screenplay matchup five for five. Other than Tony Kushner and Steven Spielberg being co-writers. Um, this is one of the coolest stats of all time. Alfonso Cuaron has now been nominated in seven Oscar categories because he received a live action short nomination today. Um, he's tying with Kenneth Branagh for the most nominations across categories. Um, and then my last cool stat. With the cinematography nomination for Bardo, all seven of Alejandro and Yuri 2's films have been nominated for cinematography. Wow. And all three of the Amigos got in. They did all get Well, I guess, like, and Yuri 2 didn't, but, like, yeah, their films be there are represented. Least. I hope so. Um, but there are, like, a million more stats, but I don't want to be here all night. But, <laughs> um... Uh, Angela Bassett's the first um, actor to be nominated for a role in a Marvel film. Which is pretty crazy, but if you think about it, Black Panther is like the Marvel franchise that like broke a lot of stats for Marvel. Um, Chris and Pratt was for Guardians. <laughs> we don't talk uh, about Chris Pratt here. Chris Pratt. Um, Chris Pratt is way easier to text than say. Um, but it's crazy that black panther was able to like kind of break like two oscar stats like across like or like you got more noms than avatar which is i actually don't think it's crazy that it did it's it's crazy like it's it's crazy, crazy on paper but it yeah, makes until you sense read when it you, you know what i mean at, it's kind, yeah it's kind of like when like a couple years ago when vice led the globes you're like that's insane and then you like read it and you're like, you're like all right, i guess amy I guess adams christian click. bale <laughs> yeah like it, it, you, it, you get like all right i guess it clicks yeah um so i guess we can just like dive into it uh what was everyone's biggest surprise i think we all have the same one <laughs> i'll try to find a different one um riseborough okay should we just st- talk about t leslie should we just talk yeah, about we can get, i haven't seen it we can get uh, out in front about this and again i haven't um, seen it either but i do have a lot of i did it. see it a while ago because i don't remember i think it was like a 99 cent rental or something and that's why i saw it i truly don't remember but i do remember because i didn't finish it in one sitting and i got that alert that my rental was about to expire i have a baby please don't yell at me for not finishing a movie in one sitting um but it's fine it's not very memorable i like it's fine i don't know she's a great actress she's always great i just I didn't expect this. Um, I think there's something to say about what this is going to do for campaigning moving forward. 
which is like i like i don't know at this point our actor is going to be like well i don't need to campaign for a year i can just spend my entire budget the week of oscar voting I mean, I it also just text your friends, I guess. Oh yeah, but none of them have said anything about it. Now. About the yeah, I know they. they Jillian they, pointed they, that out in our group chat, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, I'm not trying to get conspiratorial here, but like, well, I, I will get conspiratorial here. Um, I'm sure she's great, but like, no, she is I've good never... in it, but she's always good. Like, I don't think that it's like it's we should not that performances have to be like in a certain kind of movie to be an oscar nomination but it's just Mm. like it's nothing i would have ever been like oh my god she should be in the conversation like i'm just gonna go on a a, a limb here and say kate winslet saying it's the greatest performance of all time was a bit of an exaggeration yeah i i she's better in possessor like what are we doing here i mean i guess that's great for possessor and brandon cronenberg who uh go see infinity pool and theaters this week uh but like i i don't know i'm just like where was this support for viola davis where was this support for danielle deadweiler and And like that's that's the Sorry, go ahead. You go Lex. No, you go Lex. No, I think, and I think I was about to say the exact same thing that, like, Jacob was about to say is, like, I've not seen um, that movie yet, but I did love her performance in Matilda, side note. Um, But the, like, it's not so much that I take an issue. Like, in some ways, I respect it, the fact that, like, they actually pulled this campaign off when I don't think she was really in the conversation much. But at the detriment of Viola Davis and Danielle Deadweiler, who gave these, like, phenomenal performances, and it just irritates me that it's not so much that I'm irritated that she got nominated, it's more that I'm irritated that she took one of their spots. Well, And, like, where was the industry for these two Black women? And, like, I feel like Viola Davis, like, got her own, like... I feel like Viola Davis, I heard more uh, buzz about her. And I feel like she even, she got nominated in other award shows. Danielle Deadweiler was just wronged because she gave one of the most raw and chilling and haunting and beautiful performances that I think out of anyone of the season last year. And there was no buzz around it. There was no campaigning. I don't even think, I think Till showed at the theaters in, um, which I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. So, you know, like we get big movie releases. I think it showed in like two theaters for a week. I mean, it's just the campaigning around Till was just very disappointing. And I, it's a disservice to Daniel Deadweiler, who truly I pers- is my personal pick for the best um, leading actress performance from last year here's here's my thing about the about all of this is that it's it's what you it's what you all said but you're going to at every major award show nominate and support these black actresses but secretly behind the scenes you have white you know white women going back and forth and not just women i mean just white people just in general going back and forth and having like an almost insider trading type of thing insider knowing, trading 
knowing exactly how many because this is what okay this is what eric anderson from awards watch was talking about on the on their oscar nomination podcast the person who started all of this francis fisher knows how many nominate like people who need they like she needs to be in the race and she knows how many people she needs to be nominated so she can reach out to those people who are going to like spread the word and copy even though she said no one did it copy and paste um she does yeah, copy and paste doesn't have a twitter and everything <laughs> and somehow and again this isn't about the performance because of course i haven't seen it it just from like a standpoint feels weird that you know for all season we've been celebrating black actresses in these two in like in these two roles um of viola davis and danielle deadweiler and then all of this feels like it was just happening behind the scenes and for me that just feels a little weird i can i can understand not from a performance standpoint i can understand if she had missed for deadweiler like if deadweiler had missed for riseboro because deadweiler was the only thing that was happening with till all season long and she's you know a relatively like unknown actress who's just getting her first big name in the game but viola davis is like not viola only davis. viola yeah. davis but like a former winner she was nominated mm-hmm. every single precursor her well, we movie made money like mm-hmm. say what you want but that movie made money what and was the score a plus it. yeah loved it. and like i like i don't like want to speak for everyone but i'm pretty sure our friends family outside of the movie scope know mm-hmm. about the woman king so yeah. it's like I, oh yeah i have family serve it without me yeah. to leslie made twenty three thousand dollars and that's it's like the thing is like it's um, not even like about that but it is the thing because i'm like you're yelling at me that like not you guys but like the internet is like we need T- black panther wakanda forever and top gun maverick and best picture and i'm like are you are, the woman king made money mm-hmm. and yeah. you're saying that that movie wasn't worth nominating because you wanted to nominate this movie that Anywhere. made what twenty three thousand dollars like yeah. and it's like it's nothing about the performance like she's i'm so excited she's now an oscar nominee like it's really really cool she's one of the best actresses working today but like not this isn't an oscar worthy performance right like, and it's like, it doesn't have to be. It's cool she got nominated, whatever. There are plenty of other performances that are not Oscar-worthy that were nominated. But, like, it's just, like, I'm so curious. I'm, like, we're going to talk about this forever. For the rest of the time we cover Oscars until, like, maybe Daisy takes over Oscar Central one day and she's talking about it. Like, the, I, you know what's so crazy? That when they said her name... I didn't realize for the longest time that Daniel Deadweiler and Viola Davis got snubbed because I was just so confused as to how it worked. And like every single reaction video of people reacting to nominations and like you can watch Adriano's, which is great. Um, but oh. like every single, you can see it on everyone's face. They don't even realize who missed because they're just like, mm-hmm. what? Like, mm-hmm. it makes no sense. It is so wild. Like, I definitely woke people up in my house by being like, what? Like, what? What are we doing from, here? From, like, a selfish, I guess, standpoint because of what we do in this industry and how we run, it's going to make the future, like, of predicting, 
like that extra level harder because you'll that, never know what's happening like, behind what the scenes are with like the because this was like i don't want to maybe i do i don't know like there's a whole thing with like her agent is like the agent of other famous actresses that like did these screenings q a's sponsored screenings whatever like so it's just like oh so if you have a good agent can you pull this off and it's and like see- to me what does that do with the agencies and the press because like are they going to be like i don't need you anymore i don't need to do a new york times centerpiece interview i don't need to do a profile for vanity fair like because she didn't and andrew riseborough's an oscar nominee for a film that made twenty three thousand dollars. like and then also i don't know if this is like something for you guys but now i'm like are people going to be like, I don't need to have my movies in the theater? Like, it's okay if, like, it gets a qualifying run and then I can just spend all the money the week of Oscar nomination voting? And you know who would have benefited from this kind of, like, campaign? Danielle Deadweiler. Because mm-hmm. she was a sole nominee. She was in a movie that was harder for people to get, like, watch because of the subject matter. And it's like, she was unknown. And like, I'm sorry, more people offline know about Till because of the subject matter versus to Leslie. <laughs> like, Till also at least made $10 million. Yeah. Like, <laughs> by person, uh, Tommy Wiseau's The Room made has made $4 million in box office sales. So a lot like, of that's me. A lot of that's me too. So me. it's just, I don't know. It's I mean you heard it here first. It almost like it almost list. feels like what Tommy Wiseau did, like in a way he That's what he I'm saying. Is like that's why I looked it up. Okay, but I do like, just want to say Tommy Wiseau. I do just want to say he funded that himself. This was not funded by Andrea yes. Roseboro. Like true. for everyone who's saying this was a self-funded grassroots campaign, which none of us are, um, that is wrong. That is not what this was. This is very calculated, planned, meticulously funded, and like just i'm so excited that forever though we could be like could this happen again but i'm just also not excited because like i like i think adriano and i were like the only people that even put her in our 10 like and i honestly i don't want to speak for adriano but i was like i don't know i just feel bad not having her on my list like well for me it was more like okay now i see the evidence like okay. it's clear as day that, that was my thing but i was still like but probably not yeah, it just felt like a blip. And then we haven't even touched on Michelle Williams. Oh, that I, one's not uh, I, I knew it was coming. It's I wasn't it's annoying. That's not even that's it's not annoying. even the worst nomination in the counter. I I like the Fablemans. And I love it. I I honestly really I personally like Michelle Williams's performance. However, I would have taken her out in a heartbeat for Danielle Deadweiler or Viola Davis. Because I, yeah. I still think Viola Davis gives one of the best actress performances of the year because no one else had to put that level of physicality and that level of emotion into one performance. Um, but it is weird. Like when I saw Andrea Riseborough's name, I was like, oh, so it's going to be Michelle Yeoh and Viola Davis. Like I was just very like ready for Michelle Williams to be out. Um but yeah, I don't know. I, it's, well, I, it's, well, I, I had already clicked that Davis was gone because Darmus 
was like app would would have been oh yeah yeah, yeah. i already well, collect last night like that me. already collect with me but deadweiler i it, it, it i i predicted her to miss but it still shocked me you know what i mean well so in my mind i never considered davis being a jury save at bafta because she's viola i know that like like their relationship with black performers and other like writers directors anything honestly is uh not great but i was like she's viola davis and that movie mm-hmm. actually made money in the uk so i was like it's not crazy to think that she got in but then i was like once i realized she missed i was like god her and dead Wilder were jury saves and i just hate what the jury has done to predictions because it's so hard to figure out sometimes who was a jury save and who wasn't i wish they would just tell us what like really gets me about the michelle williams nomination especially in relation to viola davis specifically is viola davis 100 like she won supporting actress for fences right but she 100% should have been nominated for lead for lead that year. It just, it was Emma Stone's year. So that's, that was their way to give it to her and also give it to Emma Stone. So it just irks me that we're going to give her spot in the nominations to an actress that whether her performance is Oscar worthy or not set all that aside. It's not a leading actress performance. Like that can't be denied well, and her team was like oh what if she misses let's just put her back in that other category right and like it's just the optics of it really and i know it's not michelle williams fault just for everyone listening like i it's so funny adriano has a background of brendan fraser and adriano keeps leaning back and then i keep losing where adriano <laughs> is because he gets so small he's like this chair next goes to the... back so far <laughs> you're bear. literally like this where is his so... shoulder oh, is and i literally can't see it you. does not look now i'm not even speaking to like how big brendan fraser is i'm speaking to like just proportionally adriano <laughs> leaning back it doesn't make sense <laughs> he's like the size of his lamp it's so that's the thing. It's like Adrian is smaller than his lamp. That's not even my lamp. That's in the that's in the picture. I know. Like you're smaller than <laughs> oh Brendan. It's like Brendan Fraser has this ginormous lamp and this giant uh water bottle and then tiny little Adriano and in the corner. Tiny little me. Okay, that water bottle is giant though. Like But those are like peak Midwestern um beverage holders. Mm, be- and I'm saying yeah. beverage holders because they always go to racetrack or whatever yep. gas station and fill them up with like soda. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Sorry, I Texas. Pay thirty five dollars yeah. and you get a free refill. Exactly what I was going <laughs> to say. Um. But, and I think the other thing that bothers me about Michelle Williams' nomination is that my favorite performance of the Fablemans, other than Gabriel Labelle, our t- our Sammy Fableman. We're a Sammy Fableman pod. Justice for Sammy, Sammy Fableman's here. Um. Paul Dano missing. It okay, but you wait. Did we skip over Amanda Armas? Are we fine with that? I'm fine skipping on it. I have, I, I have a lot. There's, we, we have a whole podcast about that. Yeah, I'm willing to, to, I don't even want to, I don't want to touch on it. Except to say that that she has a weird fan base on Twitter, man. (laughs) Oh, very weird. Um, cool. I will want to, I do want to say though, with the Michelle Williams, I almost hate the michelle williams campaign as much as i dislike the andrea riseborough campaign because her campaign like you said was very much like i'm i'm the lead like i'm in front oh wait no like 
back like it's just so back and forth and she was just like you could tell well, it's how... the same thing as the optics like she wasn't getting nominated so mm-hmm. she was like well not her sorry i keep misspeaking again yeah we're not meaning like her her team either. was like or universal we'll never know because they all blame someone else um but so she missed sag and her team or whoever were like let's just put out feelers and see if they put her in supporting to the point where like clayton davis was predicting her in supporting um and then like on gold derby she showed up in both categories it's like Mm -hmm. that is what are we doing here um like but it's just like it's the optics of it especially when you look at it and like angela bassett is the front runner and supporting actress and you're like hmm i should go there like it's just so Mm -hmm. dirty it feels like the campaign it's very like richard nixon-esque like i don't like it one bit the um, entire campaign for michelle Williams is just fueled by like just bone boneheaded stupidity like mm-hmm. i've never like it's so baffling they had the win like in september like i genuinely believe if she stayed in supporting she would have won like mm-hmm. bass bassett would not be winning right now and they were just like all right i see we're gonna put her in a different category now and they saw, like, yeah, she got the nomination at the end of the day, but A, she has no chance at a win, and B, she did not have a seamless transition to this nomination. She missed nominations that she would not have missed if she was in supporting. It like, almost feels like... Just, it's all that, stupidity. It almost feels like supporting actress to her was like a gauge, or not to her, again, to her team was like a gauge. And they knew that everybody was like, oh, she's going, like a shoe in to win supporting actress. So let's move her up a level and like into lead act or lead actress. Then literally every single pundit said, no, 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 do not do that. This is a different game altogether than lead. Um, but yeah, moving on. <laughs> I like that. Michelle every... Yeoh Kate Blanchett. <laughs> but okay, you know what's um funny was that like Kate Blanchett was always going to be first and like Michelle Yeoh was always going to be last in the way yeah. they were listing nominations. So we were all just like, what's in the middle like, <laughs> like it's like so frustrating um but it's so funny that normally every year lead actress is always wild because actresses hello we love but um for the first time in i don't know how long lead actor is a beautiful sexy lineup with great performances we all won and we all literally won all of us and i want to speak for jillian who with our shared boyfriend bill nye who won got his first oscar nomination um i guess we can like go in a little circle and talk about our men lex do you want to talk about colin farrell yeah um (laughs) yeah yeah um no i'm really excited i obviously didn't i mean if there were any mm, none of the actor nominations necessarily surprised me um but i was so i i I had no doubt that he was gonna get nominated but i'm really excited he's one of those actors i think much like bill nye and we talked about this on sunday that like you assume he's been nominated before and so it's nice that he if nothing else is going to be able to say that he's an academy award nominated actor if not potentially a winner um his performance i actually rewatched banshees this morning and just like that scene in the bar where he comes and this is gonna be this is gonna be his clip um that they play when he goes in the Mm -hmm. bar and he's like you used to be nice or maybe you never were just like i cried i cry every time it's just so 
such a like vulnerable performance, such a heartfelt performance. And just kind of watching that transition of him fighting to get the Brendan Gleason's attention back. I'm really bad with Irish name. Sorry. Um, so I never remember Brendan Gleason's character's name, even though I really love that movie. Um, I'm fighting to get his attention back and then kind of watching him resolve into it, then getting to vengeance. It just, it's such a beautiful performance. And I don't, I mean, honestly, any of these best actors could win and I wouldn't be mad about it. I think all of them are worthy in their own right, but I just, if this ends up being his year, I'll be really, really excited about that. Especially with um his scope of work over the last year. Yeah. Like it was truly Colin Farrell's year. Um, but it was also Brendan Fraser's year, his big, big official comeback, because he's been working for the last few years, just on a well, smaller scale. Working, yeah, he's been working low key. Like I'm watching Doom Patrol right now. He's been like working on that for the past couple of years. But like this was like this was like literally his year. Like I feel like if there's like the star of Hollywood in 2022, like, yeah, Farrell was in a lot. But I feel like Fraser was like the big headline of the year, if that makes sense. I mean, I've talked in detail how much I love Ren Fraser, especially grown up. But my even even though I knew it was coming this morning, dear Lord, I, I was just like, I can't believe it. I can now say he's an Oscar nominee. Like, even without the context of everything that happened to him, it's just so awesome. And I know that we all have varying opinions on the movie itself. But I just, I watched that performance and I'm like, I, even as a fan of him, I did not know he was capable of like that much empathy and like, pa- and like just power. It's so, it's breathtaking. Genuinely. I, I was, the first time I saw it at TIFF, I was just like, wow, like what the fuck? <laughs> it, it's, it's truly insane. And, you know, honestly, I'm at a point where like, I do think, like, I think actor is a pretty tight three horse race. You know what I mean? I don't think anyone has, you know, I don't think he, King Fraser has an advantage anymore. Um, but even if he does end up losing in the day, I still feel like he won in my books. You know what I mean? Like he's back. He gave this Titanic career best performance. You know, I'm satisfied enough, although I still. I think it. that it's like you were saying, like, like I grew up watching him in theaters with like Blast from the Past and The Mummy and like. One of my favorite rated R movies to sneak from Blockbuster was Bedazzled. Like, I just didn't know he could do this. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I am very low on the film. But I, like, Darren Aronofsky directing Oscar winners is a beautiful sight to have. And it's like, I don't know, like... It's like Lex was saying, like, any of these nominees are worthy winners. But I think, like, for a lot of people, especially, like, our age group, like, Brendan Fraser just means a lot to us. And it's, like, one of those things, like, it's really emotional. And, like, I know it's so awkward for people to, like, videotape themselves reacting to their Oscar nominations. But, like, can someone please tell me that he did it? Because, like, I, I really oh need to God. know. Like, I, like, like, actually got emotional seeing Brendan Fraser's nomination and god i hope i don't like get emotional right now this. but like <laughs> i've said before on the podcast that like my grandfather who passed away almost six years ago uh used to call me george of the jungle as a nickname and so like i really thought like it would have been uh, really cool to like text or call him and be like oh george got nominated like it, it i don't know i i was really i did not care for the whale but i literally cried when i saw brennan got nominated yeah, it's 
very emotional. And like I saw over the weekend, we were talking about this on a space we did earlier today. Um, like he dressed up like his character from the mummy to like introduce a screening. And it's like the man just has so much emotional, like, like we just have such a connection to him. And it's people like are very like, people are like rooting for him. Like performance yeah. aside, people are just rooting for him. And I honestly, like, because I haven't looked at like what he has lined up. Um, but I really hope that we are able to see many directors reaching out to work with him. And I don't mean like, like, no offense. Oh, he's got Killers of the Flower Moon coming up. No, yeah, but he already completed completed that. But like, it's like, I, you know what I want is like, I want him to like, keep going. Like, Mm -hmm. Scorsese, let's get like, Spielberg, like, let's get, let's get everybody. Like, I want this man to like, get that post-nomination glow. And I think, um, I think, and I think with like how much attention he's gotten, like for this nomination, like, and how much like I'm not saying he's going to, but like how much he's like expected to win, I I think he will. Yeah, I he's someone I was really excited about, but someone else I was very excited about is the Irish boy of my dreams, Paul Mescal. <laughs> but also Colin okay. Farrell. Like I saw phone booths in theaters. Like I I. Britney Spears and him were a moment for me. Yeah. But I, um, I do want to quickly, while we're still talking about Farrell, I do want to humble brag that one of my my biggest accomplishments this year was having Colin Farrell in since April. It was like the combination of him being with Martin McDonough again, him mm. being with Brendan Gleason again. Like it was like okay, all the they're all it's all falling into place, but I need it to be well received, and you saw it ahead of time. That it would be more well received than, uh... well, I guess three billboards got all those acting nominations and a win- two wins. So what do I know? Well, yeah, three um, billboards but... was three billboards was well received too, but like not to this degree. Yeah, um, but Paul Mescal, Academy Award nominee, Paul Mescal, Jacob. Um, what I don't, because I think Paul is such a big name, um, but what I don't think people understand is he has six credits to his name. Insane. And Insane. he's already gotten an Emmy. And now and he is 26 years old. Now he has an Oscar. He is, I mean, people are like gushing over him on stage. So he's probably going to get a Tony at some point in his life. Um, and the Grammy will, will come. But it's, I was so worried. Um, when Did you have that moment where you were like, oh, everyone is predicting him? That means it's not going to happen because I sure did. Yeah, no, I, it was, it started to fit into place so well for him. And this is what I was trying to say, like on the pod, the last time on the nominations where it felt so much like he was the only option. So it made me think that they wouldn't go for him. Um, And then when I saw Top Gun get into screenplay, I was like, okay, so that's going to overperform and they're going to go for Tom Cruise. Not Jacob texting all of us. Oh my God, it's Tom Cruise. (laughs) I I was like, is he in your house? Well, I I said the same thing. I texted Eric Anderson and Ryan McQuaid and uh, Ryan was like, bring the chaos. And I was like, do not, do not keep the chaos. I will say, Um, I also, Jacob knows, I had a little bit of a panic yesterday because I was brainwashed by the Oscar expert who I've been hanging out with all weekend. And uh, I just kind of... Oscar expert is now enemy number one of Oscar Central, is what you're saying? 
more like Oscar, <laughs> more like more like Oscar's uh, suck spurt. Probably <laughs> listening to this loser. Um, uh, but no, he 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 made points to me. And I'm like, wait, no, you're right. He doesn't make any sense at all, Paul Mescal. It's just it just kind of was like, well, what other option do we have? And it all felt, and it's like, hey, I'll take it because in another year he would have no chance. I'm sorry, but I'll take it. He's terrific in the movie. I do want to say, I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but it's really exciting. The the uh, nominees overall for this category, it's not like yelling or like, it's very like emotional, complex men that are like mm-hmm. more soft and internal versus like Gary Oldman in Darkest Hour. Um, and I think that's really exciting because I think we never really see that with lead actor. Like there's always kind of like one spot for like a softer performance. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like this whole group of five is very soft well, and emotional well, and internal. Like, well, also to that, I'll say like, you know, in theory, that's what Fraser and Butler are, but like they definitely rise above that. But they're more like, it's more like moments of it versus mm-hmm. like an amped up like entire performance like there's clips of both of those that you mentioned where they're like yelling but it's not like the overall performance is like this like super masculine people like see the yelling and they were like oh my god what yeah like i'm sorry like the only trailer we ever got for the whale is him like being really subtle and like soft and like quiet and like that's 85 percent of the movie i mean probably even like 90 percent like he like when he yells, it's kind of used to like show he's at his breaking point essentially. Versus like most of these nom like in the past, most best actor nominees are like yeah, just screaming, yeah, <laughs> like. But especially Paul Mescal, like it, like it's so internal, it's so soft, it's so beautiful. It's like it's what even... I like in lead actor performances. Like, I know everyone compares him because they're both brunette twinks, but like, it's very similar to like Timothy Chalamet's nomination for Call Me By Your Name in a way where it's so subtle. Like, there's not a ton, like, that if you're not interested in like acting, is like where you're like, oh, wow, that's great. It's just so subtle and like really sneaks up on you. And I think that's what makes a great actor for me personally. And like, I I literally like Nicole had to call me after I saw After Sun like that movie really affected me and that is because of both performances that are the leads in that movie Frankie we love you but Paul especially like he just has so I don't even know what his clip is oh I I I I really think it'll be the clip where he's uh where they're he's sitting on the bed and she's like laying in his lap and he's like oh he's like um like he's like petting like her hair and she he's just talking about why he's not going to move back to scotland that i saw i rewatched after sun very recently and i was like this has to be it um but no i i agree and i think that's why i was so scared that he was gonna miss because of how kind of internal it is and those are kind of performances are usually saved for like seasoned vets who have been around for a long time and people know about them and it's not their first performance um it's not their first time leading in a movie and uh it's just it's it's one of those things where it kind of shows you the star power of paul just in general because of how he was able to take this film that was doing well and of course we all thought it was going to do um like we all thought its best day would have been two nominations but 
we, you know, it was gaining momentum. And then when it came to the BAFTAs, we were like, well, is he the jury save? And they'll go with someone else. Um, but like, it's really impressive to see that people really latched on to his performance. And of course they had to have because, you know, he's been casted in about everything coming out over the next 22 years. Um, but yeah, I just, I think the nomination was my favorite. Um, I made a tweet where I said, I now understand how people felt after the Kristen Stewart nomination. Um, and I just, I, I, this saved the whole day for me, um, was getting this nomination. That's strangely how I felt with Austin Butler in Elvis. I was, I don't know why I got like really nervous. Like what if like, it's so obvious (laughs) just like overthinking it. Yeah, I was like, what if we're just like saying he's a lock? He's absolutely not. Uh, that was my point. I was like, I need to log off. Um, but I what can't if log off Hutchins my brain. What if was an Oscar voter and she was too busy crying over the she fact that she might be? That, she probably is. Is she? Is she? I think she might be. She yeah, probably is. Sorry, um, who? Vanessa, Vanessa Hudgens. Oh, yeah, maybe soon. Um, for what but, another one of our Christmas movies. But hello. A Princess Switch is a classic. Um, But I just like, I'm really proud. I like, I don't have anything cool to say because I've talked about it for uh, six months, seven months. I am really excited. Um, I do want to shout out Bill Nye for his first Oscar nomination, which I know many people don't realize it's his first. I'm sure people in the Academy don't realize it's his first nomination. Um, really well deserved. I think Living is like similar to Paul Mescal's nomination, where it's very subtle. It's beautiful work, and that whole entire performance shows why he is one of my favorite actors. He's just amazing. Um, I guess seems, I just want. It seems like wanna... after Paul, and because I kept comparing the, just the performance a lot to Stephen Yoon in Minari, that was a much more subtle parent performance um like a lot quiet like more quiet i wonder if this is going to be you know a route that they continue down is like these more like subtle kind of performances that aren't as much like screaming and yelling and all that kind of stuff yeah i think the last few years really show that um and another one of those performances is in supporting actor brian tyree henry Mm mm-hmm well i was i'm 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 gonna smack myself in the arm for the rest of time because i was because i even said to you guys i'm predicting eddie redmayne but no i know the real answer is someone we're not considering and i was an ass hair away from predicting brian tyree henry but i was too much of a coward i don't know if and did anyone else like anywhere else predict him i i've it's Somewhere. funny because a lot of people were saying like he's gonna be the six all the way through the oscar noms and then it seemed like everything just kind of fell his way for him to actually get in. Um, but I, I didn't see anyone actually predicting him to get in. Not well, I did. I Thank you. Thank you for realizing <laughs> no, that I did. Well, I'm no, saying like no. anyone it is other in than just writing. like in here. Um, Check the tapes. Well, I also yeah, I just that. checked a few websites and nobody else was predicting him. Well, I will say as a massive Atlanta fan, we got Lakeith Anom, we got Brian Anom, let's get Donald and Zazie Anom. Like, okay, like, yeah. I've been let's, trying let's... to get Donald Anom for years. <laughs> Do work. Um, 
I think he just truly could care less. So he's yeah. like not like not that either of them like uh Brian or um Lakeith care, but like I just Lakeith. think that like they like were like Donald's like on another planet, mm-hmm. not he's too creative. To I guess like, he has every other award on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Brian was such a huge surprise. I'm like I predicted him, but it was still very like that was like one of my no guts, no glory. Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I just heard some people being like, well, everyone I talked to in the Academy brought him up. And I was like, eh. like he got a few things along the way. I'm just going to do Good it. Enough. Yeah. I, so I'm really happy about that. That was a great surprise. Um, Judd Hirsch. I mean, he's my favorite performance in the movie, so I wasn't disappointed. That said, I was really excited for a Paul Dano nom. That think... was Judd Hirsch was I don't know that was one of my no guts no glories and it was the only one that paid off because <laughs> I was like I feel like they are going to so my thought process at the time was I did not think they were going to give it to Michelle Williams for lead actress but I'm like but they're not going to not nominate the Fablemans in an acting category and I'm like they're not going to give it to Paul Dano and honestly my favorite um performance in that movie is actually seth rogan but He's so good. Underrated. He, the scene where he gives him the camera like mm-hmm. is one of the few scenes i liked That's um and but i was like it's gonna it's gonna be judd hirsch and i have never felt more proud of myself not even when i passed the bar exam than when i saw that that no guts no glory was actually a glory it, <laughs> that was so funny a lot of a lot of people are comparing it to judy dench i just want to say it's not very similar because judy dench is like judy dench um but also judy dench has the very last scene in uh, that's exactly what i was and i say. feel like in belt sorry in belfast and i feel like that really stays with you whereas like adriana was saying all year is like judd hirsch is so early in the film you could like forget about him by the mm-hmm. time you get mm-hmm. out of it i thought enough people would but and Paul Paul Dano does have one of the last like big like big emotional scenes of the movie right before you know all the David Lynch stuff. Well, like so. I was talking about this, which I'm sorry if we were going to go any wild supporting actor, it should have been it should have been David Lynch. Um, but like I was talking on our space about this earlier, and that like that final scene with um Paul Dano and Gabriel LaBelle is so impactful like i don't even like the fablemans and i really like that scene it's one of the few scenes i also liked i thought that scene was very nice it's like a beautiful father-son relationship and it's also like we were talking about this on our space earlier is that like i feel like that's like a really like impactful scene for people who like are growing up and realizing all the things their parents do for them that they don't see Mm -hmm. and i think like that's a really complimentary scene at least to a lot of the themes and everything everywhere and i was like maybe that could push him through that like you have that that thought process going on like wow the invisible hardship our parents carry like i i don't know what paul dano has to do but i do think i jinxed this by yesterday pointing out that like we could get three acting noms from the batman 2022 and now we only got two and i'm really sorry i put that out into the universe but great transition to Brendan Gleeson and Barry Keoghan continuing our two supporting actor noms from one movie in the category. Oh, you I forgot Nicole's favorite stat. Um, 25% of the acting nominations were Irish. 
I feel good about my people. Um, but Barry Keoghan, what a career. Mm-hmm. I that thought one. they were going to only give it to Barry, and I wouldn't have been mad. But it it did make me a little sad at the thought that, like, Brendan is giving a really good and very funny... Like, the scene with the confession box is one of my favorite scenes of any movie of 2022. Like, I laugh every time. Comedy gold, genuinely. Comedy gold. Um, But the... I'm starting to worry God cares about donkeys. It's just so funny. Um, But I was... I was really glad to see them both. Now, I'm always a little mm, about when um, two actors from the same movie get nominated because it takes up, like, almost half the slots. But... um, this year for both uh banshees and i'm sure we'll talk about it later with everything everywhere for actress like i actually was this is this is the time where i'm i'm okay with it yeah i i thought i don't know if everybody else goes like i don't like seeing people say barry's a coattail nomination because i think barry makes the movie like i thought he was better than gleason i think i think if anyone is i think gleason is a coattail he's overdue yeah. well, i don't think either i don't think either well i don't think yeah but like i just think that like i'm sure like a lot of people remember this when people started like leaving banshee screenings they were like barry 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 and it's like that doesn't ha- that's not a coattail nomination <laughs> like, well like especially like he has his own scenes like the scene with him and siobhan at the lake is like his scene you know i mean it's also like hers but like like his character has his own scenes that like all stand out to us and it's like i'm lower in banshees than most people but like that scene really got to me and that scene does not work without barry like Mm -hmm. and it's just like this is just a nomination that is beautiful and i love it and i love saying academy award nominee barry keogan thank you yeah i have nothing else to add um, um, I don't even like Kehu Kwan. Do we need to, in... we need to say Kehu Kwan? Like, do we need anything to say about our future Academy Award winner in this category? Uh, yeah, it's the best. <laughs> He's the best ever. He's the best. That's, that's one really guy's speech. He's gonna kill us all. His speech They're is gonna, gonna be, and Steven he's Spielberg. gonna take Spielberg again. And I just, that's like that's someone that's someone who like I cannot get. I can like I I could like never not get tired if, of hearing him say no, speech. No, his speech if is the Academy amazing. was smart, they would have Spielberg present sitting next to him. I was gonna say they'd have Spielberg present supporting actor. Who's gonna give it? To, oh, Ariana DeBose. Yeah, um, I don't want to take that away from her. That'll be a cute moment. Well, yeah, and Ariana DeBose can do. Tie. Ariana DeBose can do uh, lead actress. Because Will's oh, not yeah. going to be there. Oh yeah, because Will Smith ain't going. Oh shit! Wow. No, I think I'm the mother of some barbarian guess... should present <laughs> lead actress. <laughs> diving, di- Lady Gaga diving <laughs> off the roof. Oh my god. Um. Yeah, I can't. I don't. That's supporting actor. Um, supporting actress. Stephanie, who is an Oscar nominee. Mm-hmm. I squeal. I felt very confident about it. Like going into this past week, I felt very confident about the Oscar five was going to be the SAG five and it paid off. Um, yeah, I just, Stephanie Shu getting in makes me feel a little 
better about Jamie Lee Curtis getting in. Yes. The, the thing all season was like, I I would love to be able to say Oscar nominee Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, I think she's a fantastic actress. Uh, but I was like, all season it was like, but it's coming at the expense of Stephanie Hsu. Right. And that's where I feel like everybody was like getting upset about Jamie Lee's performance. And so Stephanie getting in as well, like for me at least, I'm like, ah, like they both got in, you know, good nominations. It is what it is. Um, Like congrats to them both. I am confused about Dolly De Leon only because you nominated it for picture, director, and screenplay, but no one was in the movie. Yeah. Just seems rude is what it is. It's like, I understand the different branches. It's just, like, so weird. Like, I don't know. But um, Angela Bassett. I... J- that Talk okay. about some something Jillian need to be here for. Because even know. from, like, the when she was at D23, she was like, Angela Bassett's going to win Supporting Actress. And, and here we are. Here I we are. said when I left the theater saying Wakanda forever the first thing that I said was it's not gonna happen but Angela Bassett deserves an Oscar nomination for supporting actress I've never been happier in my life to be wrong she's only ever been nominated one other time for what's love got to do with it which was the movie that like set me off on my Angela Bassett um I don't want to say worship that feels very extreme but like I love her Um, And I feel like she's given so many performances since then that deserve a nomination. And I, I'm really thrilled to see her on this list. I mean, she deserves, she deserves to be one of those actresses that like racks up double digit. Olivia Coleman, Meryl Streep. Yeah. Like she deserves to be in the ranks of actresses like that. And so um, it's, and I think the fact that if, if, if anybody could pull off, an Oscar nomination for a Marvel film, which I do actually think there are some Marvel performances that deserved Oscar nominations, including Chadwick Boseman's. Um, I, I think she is the one to pull through for it. And so I've just, as someone who generally does not like being wrong, I've never been more content with being wrong. Um, something I did not predict, but I want to pour one out for is the women talking ladies. Yeah, that's something that should have yeah I mean, what what claire foy can sneeze on screen for two seconds in the crown and pick up an emmy win she's gonna um, get another guest actress nomination and she <laughs> she and then she goes and gives like the most heart-wrenching like emotional performances on like film and they just like brush her to the side I just it it continues to blow my like blow my mind. Um, I just it it doesn't make any sense, honestly. The whole every or not everything. The whole woman talking like shut out all from grace like, was like literally every acting category. Um, yeah, it's really disappointing. I think that like some of us kind of thought Jesse Buckley could like surprise. Yeah, but. I just like I don't think any of us predicted it, but it was just like the similar thing we were all talking about, and it's like just so frustrating. It's like I it would be really funny if it won Sag Ensemble. Uh, I would be cheering. I don't. I think I think everything everyone's gonna win in a cakewalk, but like 
I would definitely be for a women talking victory. Listen, ensemble, ensemble is not no. four people. You really want to talk about a movie that well, like there's five. Because I know I know that like we talked about like last year with Dune, where we're like, oh, Dune directed itself. You want you want to talk about a movie that was like so women talking was only a script. Like it was, it was, that was it. and then it just no 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 noise, no picture. It was a silent, silent film. Okay, Everyone so read it. Score. Score. Oh uh, yeah, I have some thoughts. <laughs> I should have gone everything everywhere. I knew it. I, I was I knew close going to. into it. I, I literally I said did. in our podcast, I was like, it makes too much sense to go everything yeah. everywhere. It's a very unique. <gasps> like, it's very unique. It's very, like, showy. You know, much showier than everyone, every, everything else that was nominated except for maybe Babylon. Like, and the, the scene of the movie is the score. Kenzie was talking about it on Sunday. The scene of the movie that everyone talks about that one key uh key haikwan the oscar is the score and it makes so much sense and i and wish it's I like gone a score it. really intense like in, like it's like in the story you yes. know and like they use a lot of the dialogue from the film in the score and it's like it's such a unique score and i just like go lex for predicting it because like yeah. thank you I was scores so scores that are in the movie. I don't think any score that's in the movie more than All Quiet when it starts. The so movie. I didn't predict All Quiet. Adriano and Lex did, along with Nicole and Ricky, because I was like, it's too fucking cool for them to do it. I feel like I feel like I, I got it. I I, I give the, the Academy some credit. You know what I mean? Like you know. I yeah. mean, I do between everything, everywhere, and All Quiet and score. No, yeah, you no. Know, you know, people are always going like, "Oh, they're a bunch of like snobby losers." I'm like, "Yeah, most of them are." But like, I, you know, the, the the young people are still there. They're gonna get stuff like that in. You know what I mean? Like that. You know, I that's why I, I predicted. I was like, you know what? It's a very showy score. Again, it's very noticeable. The, you know, what the I mean? movie it's starts off like with part, the score. With that it's part of the film, though, thing. like it moves the narrative. Like unlike any other score I've seen in a film and yeah. I, do, I don't like war movies and I truly don't mean to be offensive I've got beef with Germany uh so I mean I, I do too <laughs> it's yeah um so uh all quiet is just very much not my film but I mean I've never in my life like been so impressed with how well a score moves through a film yeah, yeah, that score, like the way everyone on the tip was like, the score, the score. I was like, shut up. Um, and then I saw the movie and I was like, Where we lost? So the depressing. score, the score. Why didn't anybody I mean, tell me about the score? It's so Nicole talks about that not a lot of people got to see it in a theater. Oh, well, I know. Okay, we were talking about this on our space. They always put the best picture nominees back in theaters. And I'm pretty sure Netflix will bend over backwards to get this in a little earlier yeah. so people well, can really see it. And I wonder if, like, with the whole Glass Onion, Pinocchio, Bardo thing. But, like, even before Regals, that, they always well, put. But they never put them in Regal or AMC. They put them in was... them here all the time oh, well, at, for Best uh, Picture nominations. At our, around our theaters, the reason we stopped doing the Best Picture nominations was because Roma got into Best Picture and Netflix. Here they did it all the time. Yeah. Like, every single time. We never time. had them in, in And in uh, Texas. 
every single time a Netflix movie got into Best Picture, it played in all the theaters. So, like, I know it's happening. Like, and that movie played in regular theaters here for, like, two weeks. So, I like, I know it's going to happen. And I'm pretty sure the way that they plugged World Cinema Day on the nominations, (laughs) that, like, they will all be in theaters by that time. Like, they're going to get people to see it, especially, like, during voting. Like, Mm -hmm. it's going to be available. Um, Dustin Ash did not make it. But neither much did like Oscar. Great Comet disappointed me at the time. <laughs> I, I don't. I still don't know what Dustin Ash is. Um, I just went I, with it because it was the same song as Great Comet. But Chow Papa did also like also. Yeah, make it. I was about to say Pinocchio kind of got fucked today. Oh yeah. well, it missed out on score and song. Which oh, dude, Alexander Desplat. That's three. That's three strikes. He's never Listen, getting nominated again. Pinocchio was overworked. And he just was trying to get some money to his father, and they said, "You can take a break on that night, my son." That's what they said to Pinocchio. They said, "You don't have to perform at the Oscars." I just, you know, Little Women is a great uh, nomination to go out on, though, because that's an all-timer score. Mm-hmm. Jacob's so mad. I just want everyone to know for the record. Um, but Diane Warren. She gonna win? Oh, she's no. She's. <laughs> I mean, she's she's gonna be nominated every eighty for Brady is gonna be an Oscar nominated movie. Okay, yeah. why are you um, saying that like a bad thing? No, no, no. I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying that like a bad. Why thing. Why do you sound I'm so disappointed? Saying, like, I'm just saying, <laughs> like, like God, eighty every, every stop crying year. <laughs> I I don't care. I don't care if she even has a song coming out. I'm putting Diane Warren song. She has a slot for the rest yes. of eternity. Like it's a, um, it's a four, it's a four slot thing. I guess. I went to see it on 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 Saturday. Wait, eighty for Brady? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so jealous. Um, so should we talk about Top Gun Maverick and adapted screenplay real fast? Because I uh, Top Gun oh. Maverick is my third favorite movie of 2022. What? <laughs> it, Why did that get a screenplay? Here's the thing. I feel like we're in this area where like they know a film's not gonna get like director, so they're gonna just give it to like the screenwriters. And it weirdly happened last year with Coda, and then it happened again this year with this one. I don't know. I'm just like, like what what was the story? <laughs> Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not insulting the story. I thought it, I think like the simplicity worked. You know I'm sorry, I mean? but like that scene with Ed Harris is one of the worst written scenes I've ever seen in my life. It's so insulting, too. And Never, I love, you're gonna get the, the like. I like, love. It is so generic. Ever. It is so generic. Adapted screenplay. It's so insulting to Avatar when, like, Avatar was a screenplay of a sequel that went so above and beyond the original. Well, like, and with Avatar, because I, I feel I felt I'm victim right now to a recency bias. I just rewatched Avatar, but I also just rewatched Top Gun Maverick. When I was watching Avatar, I was like, "This is what I want from a big budget sequel." Like, it was like. It had like meaningful dialogue, like 
the lines repeated throughout the film that like are just like a complete turnaround from the first time they're said like it is actually a like just such a great script like i know people have problems with avatar but like it is such a great script and like it's such an improvement like jacob's saying i just like if we're gonna put a sequel here and i know we're not considering last onion a sequel um i'm not part of that team but like I don't know. Yeah. It's just like I it's such a dumb nomination. I'm sorry. In place of she said. Yeah. Yeah. Not okay. Not okay. No bueno. Like, because I took Glass Onion out just because that was like one of my big there's always like a weird screenplay thing, and I thought it was gonna be Glass Onion missing. I did that not think whale. I did not think it was gonna be the whale, and I did not think that Top Gun Maverick was getting it in place of it. Yeah, I know. That that was also weird, like well something else oh no it was she said in the whale i was like i i didn't have living in so i thought like if someone was gonna miss it, it'd be for living but just living and top gun got in i'm just like I, like what the only thing about living is that i feel like the reason that everybody started putting it in is because every reaction was like this is a great adaptation and i feel like that along with all quiet is what kind of like really put it in was like that yeah, that yeah, yeah. was the keynote <clears throat> of it's a great adaptation and like obviously it really helps with adapted screenplay i do think the thing with the whale is not so much that people didn't like it like and i say that as someone who didn't like it i think it's because a lot of people didn't realize it was adapted yeah maybe like, it wasn't uh, I, I used like it was... in the context of this is a great adaptation whereas all quiet living and women talking that was the conversation like for anyone who's familiar with the work was like, this is a great adaptation. Obviously, you never heard that with Top Gun Maverick, but it was all year. This is the best sequel. This is the best sequel. Like, yeah, and also, you know it's what really helped? Yeah, and what really helped it was, and I know everyone's going to get mad at me for this comparison, but but when Halloween Ends came out, we were like, do we need legacy sequels? And we were like, no, because look, Top Gun Maverick is a great legacy sequel. And I, I know everyone's mad at me. And but Jurassic like, World I'm telling, came out right after Yeah, Top I'm Gun. telling you, having like really bad legacy sequels, and I say this as someone who is not a fan of Top Gun Maverick, but you're like, look at what you could do. And that could have helped push it way yeah. over the edge in something yeah. like the screenplay. Because it's like, look, you can do something well, good here. I mean, but also Top Gun is just a movie that like, a movie I mean, movie? Everybody but Ken- uh, Harry. Um, I think everybody except for Kenzie, uh, uh, you know, as we can see, like just is in love with it. You know what I mean? Like that's a movie that people are obsessed with. I and texted it- my dad. I was like, hey, your three favorite films got into Best Picture. And he was like, Top Gun? It's like, okay, I met all three of your favorite films of last year, but all he said was Top Gun. So like that movie... Oh, yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of upset that they like nominated all the screenwriters when it should have only been Christopher McQuarrie. <laughs> Not all five of them. If Christopher five McQuarrie, adapted screenplay like writers, if McQuarrie was the director listed for this film, it would have been, been for in. director. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, granted, and I I don't think Joseph Kaczynski like had bad direction but i, I don't mean don't anything mean, against him i just think that like if chris mccrory's like the director, it might have been directed a little a little bit better as um well. what else should we talk about uh cinnamon topography 
Cinematography. Oh my god! What the fuck? Can we talk about for like an hour? I did not realize it. Took no, yeah, yeah. It also, it also I like, literally texted the Oscar Central chat. I was like, "Wait, Top Gun Maverick miss?" It was like eight thirty a.m. And then now All Quiet's gonna win, which is yeah, probably. Awesome. Um, no, I'm telling you, I'm starting the grassroots, the Andrea Rosborough campaign for uh, Elvis. I'm going to start a Kickstarter, yeah. I, a I just want to say for cinematography, on the podcast on Sunday night, uh, Kenzie bullied Nicole into putting Empire Light Can we talk about this? Because I cried. I literally cried of the way that Nicole got Kenzie mad at me. Kenzie cried because Nicole was like, you were such a bully. And Kenzie's like, no, I'm just looking out for you. And lo and behold, who was right? Roger Deakins. You know what's hilarious about that? You know what's hilarious about that? You were... Uh, uh, yeah, Oscar expert and brother bro also bullied me because I didn't have Empire of Light in um in my uh and did you call them a bully? Yes. Oh. <laughs> You're not yes, a but bully. But also, I imagine more joking like. Um, but yeah, you can't bet against Roger Deakins. Um, but let's talk not. about Tar for our Tar fluencer, Jillian. Um, mm-hmm. beautiful nomination. Great yeah. nomination. Tar really overperformed because it also got into film editing. Which um, what was snubbed from film editing, Sammy? Uh, I don't think anything was like snubbed because like let it me, was like let me uh, let me pull out my film. I think I think it might have been Fablemans, like oh, yeah, I think. But I think I think you know I call I saw it's it coming. Snubbed, like, it's snubbed the word we want to use. If we're talking girl, I feel like, snubs, I feel like in terms of editing, then, it then it's like, Babylon. But if we're talking what we thought would get in and didn't, it's Fablemans. Thank it, you for the Babylon Babylon yeah. missing makes sense. I think. no, it doesn't. Did no, you... it, doesn't. Mean, it doesn't. Listen, no, listen. I I think it only makes sense because one, Elvis is all montage. The entire movie is one long montage, yeah. and everything everywhere has a lot of flashy type of editing. And um, Top Gun has that, like, has a lot of editing too. And so I. All it the feels like we had a lot of most editing. Yeah, all the nominations actually make sense. It's just so funny that stupid yeah. editing machine got us all. <laughs> um, no, hey, hey, easy with that all. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, Sound? Oh, and then let's talk about the sound scene. <laughs> you guys got me on that one. Okay, what? I literally was not into Babylon and Sound or film editing and on the podcast. I had a fucking they they kept <laughs> they kept going on the pod. They were like, "There's a whole it has a whole about sound." sound. Scene. Oh and I was yeah, like, no, well, be Babylon hypocritical was never happening. Babylon okay, so was never is, happening in sound. The thing is, the um, jazz singer scene is truly one of the best sound experiences I've ever had in a normal theater. So I was like, maybe, and I'm sorry, there is a literal clip, a literal clip in Babylon where he goes, and motherfucking sound. And I was like, how do you not? But well, I, guess- I think, well, I don't know if it would have gotten in if Babylon was a picture nominee, but like, I think stuff like that, stuff like cinematography, stuff like sound, that's clearly just collateral damage to Babylon just not being a thing. I just really think sound in Babylon is so great. Um, I, think, I was so confident that everything ever all wants is getting sound. Mm-hmm. It's like, after the day it had, how was... That's a weird thing to miss, yeah. Um, oh, can we talk about the surprise movie. everything everywhere nomination next? Oh, I can... Fashion oh, design? Oh, yep. Uh, and surprise. How, um, well, hold my... on, hold on. Surprise. Yeah. 
So the surprise nonsense. Sorry for I, everyone listening. Um, I pulled an usher where I was pointing at the box next to me that you guys cannot see. Well, no, um, what's funny is on my street, it's pointed to Lex. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's talk about how it got into costume design. And Nicole was right that Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris was the gown slot. Yep. Mm-hmm. No corsage. Well, I, 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 I just kind of—I had everything everyone thought for. I just kind of—it made sense to me. The one that kind of shocked me missed was Woman King. Woman King is brutal. Yeah, but I heard someone say, "Like, why would you put it in when Black Panther's right there?" And then I was like, "Because it's like more colorful. There's more. There's various two kinds. Two different things." They're and I was like, things. "They're completely different." And for me, the Woman King was the historical. Air, mm-hmm. like kind of nomination and mm-hmm. i was like that doesn't track but apparently like black panther wakanda forever ruth carter is in and my well, i think okay. black panther had a little more creativity with its costume design but like well, well, costumes are amazing they're yeah, amazing it's also a superhero they're... movie <laughs> yeah with like sci-fi you can do whatever the fuck they want but i think wakanda forever having that water element like they had like a new like group of costumes design where it was like really interesting um but costume design mrs harris goes to paris everything everywhere everything everywhere is such a great nomination like i'm lower on the film but like not only is it great modern costumes but just all the different like multiverses that they got Mm -hmm. to highlight and for so little such little amounts of time on screen um but we were talking about this on our space. Uh, is this the first time there's been two Elvis jumpsuits in? I mean, probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, great, great. We could probably but... add up all the times Elvis is mentioned in like every every movie this year. Well, if Moon Age Daydream White Noise a documentary, uh, it was an after sun. It was a Sorry, David babe. Bowie year. Uh, because yeah. David Bowie is in After Sun, David Bowie's in Top Gun Maverick, David Bowie's Onion, Onion, Daydream. Um, there's another movie he's in, also. I just can't think of it. Um, I mean, he should be in every movie, he should. Um, but Fire of Love, Lex, I was so okay. Documentary was like such a ride for me because Fire Love, like. If you go to my top 10 um, films of 2022, like Fire Love would have been number 11 and Moon Age Daydream was 10. And so Moon Age Daydream got snubbed. So it was this weird dichotomy of like mourning the snub for Moon Age Daydream, but then also being so excited. And admittedly, I think what made me so happy about Fire Love, despite the fact that like, God, I loved that movie was the fact that so many people were like it's the obvious choice it's the one that's gonna be like snubbed after the populist vote and blah, 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 blah. and i i am very adamant of oscar predictions are not the teen choice awards you don't get to just go with what you like but i was like i'm gonna be a hypocrite like i was willing to die on the hill and like die a hypocrite that um i just loved fire love so much but um Ultimately, I came out victorious. So, I that am you know who didn't come out bl- victorious? The Obamas. Truly, oh, yeah, a wild pick. Um, so Navalny feels like the front runner right now. Yeah. Um, 
Which but, is, is so funny because that's the one that everyone said was going to be the front runner out of Yeah, Sundance. so for it, making it this far is just really wild. But it's crazy that Navalny, Fire of Love, and All the Beauty and the Bloodshed all made it in. Mm-hmm. I know because, I, this year I decided because every year I try to like predict the big snub. And this year I was like, you know, let's just play it safe and see how it works out for me. I'm like, oh, thank God. The one year they they were normal. It's really wild. Like, it's so funny that Goodnight Oppie was just really the snub. Like, it's. Yeah. I, get, well, I feel they, like they did it. They were like, OK, let's keep them on their toes. <laughs> like, let's do something here. But, you know, where they really us. where they really did break us was, um, you know, on the podcast on sunday our four-hour extravaganza i said what if they snubbed decision to leave and everyone talked me out of it and you know what they did they snubbed decision, they snubbed to, decision leave. to leave fucking so stupid like so stupid <laughs> that they did that i mean kudos but to kenzie but fuck they, you. <laughs> they no took, but literally i'm so sorry they took international feature back to back to the european countries it's, they said you get parasite and that's it literally I mean, I love it's, EO. Like, I love that movie. So, EO is truly you know. one of the best nominations in the history of nomination. the Academy Awards. Like, Just over decision the, to leave. I'm really well, happy. About I personally him. think The Quiet Girl was mm-hmm. over decision to leave because EO's like, oh well, wow. Quiet, well, The Quiet Girl got like a death screenplay at that, though. You know what I mean? So, like, I, but I that's had that. An Irish movie. It like makes sense, but yeah. like, I just—it's so funny because. Somebody told me that the Quiet Girl buzz was like only Irish people, and I was like, "How do you know that? Like, what are you talking?" (laughs) And that person was wrong. Um, But Nicole predicted the Quiet Girl. Good. I did too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But uh, I, I mean, All Quiet is winning this. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just gonna put it out there. EO would be one of the coolest winners of all time. In any category. Like, absolutely. In, and you said, Academy, Year of the Donkey, with Banshees winning so many Oscars, why don't you give Best International Feature to a donkey movie? Yeah, The titular donkey, EO. Um, what else do we have? The Sea Beast? Does anyone want to talk about The Sea Beast? And R.I.P. Cartoon uh, Saloon? Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, thank God it got in and not Wendell and Wild. R.I.P. Cartoon Saloon. Um, I think I think the CBS makes a lot of sense, and I think we were putting too much Cartoon Saloon into it, and we should have been thinking Netflix, Netflix? as well. Yeah, um, I think the CBS is the is like the perfect blend of like this movie was actually made for kids, and has like a very adult message about government. And all of that stuff with it. Whereas, you know, when we were talking about My Father's Dragon, it really was a four kids type of movie. Um, and 28-year-olds. Um, but I think... 28-year-olds who are proud. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think... I mean, I think the animated feature film category was good. There was no Strange World or Lightyear, which was No Wendell and Wild, thank God. No Wendell and Wild. Um, I wish Pinocchio would have done better, but it's not going to lose here, so at least it'll win something. Uh, yeah. Then did we? I can't think of anything else. Uh, 
to Leslie. Actually, I wanted I wanted to I wanted to bring something. Do we think All Quiet is any sort of like Dark Horse Best Picture contender? Yes. No. <laughs> like no. top four. Um, I just want to say this, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, but there are for sure some questionable political characters in the Academy that will not like its message, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I, I think I know what you're saying. <laughs> um, I, no, I, I, don't, I don't see it. I just feel like it. It it's so funny because it peaking late helped it with nominations. But I think it peaking late hurts it with winning something like Best Picture. But I do think it's like in contention to win adapted screenplay. Well, I think it's in the like, like for adapted screenplay, cinematography, um, original score, uh, international original score. As of right now, I feel like the nomination is the win. But yeah, that feels like good for Babylon. Yeah, but because of how Babylon performed, maybe it doesn't win. Mm -hmm. But I do just think, like, say what you want about Babylon, but, like, you could hate that movie and you're like, Voodoo Mama is a That score is, I listen to that (laughs) score regularly and I'm, like, very mixed on the movie. Yeah. Voodoo Mama is a slap and a half. Voodoo Mama plays. That's not even my favorite, like, what home? finale 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 is, is so great. good Manny's, uh call me manny is great what's this one track called that Coke I room to? is so good what's the one? Oh my god it's so good let me i forget the name hold on a second there's so many oh, ori- orientally yours incredible Beautiful. yeah um her just, is a madman i love him yeah i don't know what he does all day but like teach me your ways um yeah, I I guess we could say Ruben Oslin and director, but we all kind of like had him as six. So yeah, I do like we all had an eye on it. It also it also like shows that the international uh, of course, other than Hamaguchi, the international director isn't just anyone who is foreign. Like you almost have to be known beforehand. Well, like, um, so Hamaguchi was known beforehand, just mostly with, like, mm-hmm. film people, but, like, that's yes. also, like, the director's th- branch, but, like, Ruben Oslin, like you're saying, like, he's a name, and I think that's what hurt Edward Berger, but I would be so curious to know who's six and seven. Yeah. This is, like, the one would, category I wish they, I they could just tell us. What, like, director? Yeah. Probably Berger was one of them. Well, I think Burger has to be one of them, but like, who was the other one? Like, I, I hate as much as I hate to say it. Baz. I think it was Baz. Yeah, I don't hate to say it. I know you don't hate to say it, but I um, really, I cry to say it. But I do think, what does this say about that supposed feud between directors branch, Baz Luhrmann? Like, can they tell us if he was six or seven, just so I know that's not real? Like, please, Baz Luhrmann on one of his on one of his like new movies that he does in the future and needs to like help out setting up the set so that he can get an Oscar nomination. I love that. Baz Luhrmann has never gotten an individual nomination. Like it's always, he's only only has two nominations, both for producing. Yeah. I, it would have been funny if he got a screenplay nomination. I know that would have killed Adriano. He would be dead. Do you even want that? Like, (laughs) No, (laughs) no. Anything that said like, 
you know when there's like those rules of like they wrote a draft and then they wrote another one and then like whatever like if i see someone's name multiple times sorry to robert eggers not interested in the screenplay nomination <laughs> um but yeah i think like other than like Armis and uh Nothing made me mad. Let's put it like that. Well, you know? let's just except get that well, I mean, the Armis was like it. it well, it was such a given that, that I just like I'm yeah. not gonna. Yeah, no, that. I was, I was like, I, I knew she was happening, but yeah. like at the same time, it's still like I, I'm okay if a performance from a bad movie, if she, if they're deserving, gets in. Like, I mean, I don't like Elvis, but like Austin Butler, I would have been a little annoyed if he missed because he's terrific. Here's, and yeah. is good and blonde. Problem is with that is that like that movie represents nothing good you know what i mean for me elvis represents okay. just a bad movie so That's like this is the exact point i've been trying to make about blonde but everyone's like you just think austin butler is hot that's not the point elvis I mean, yeah, the movie <laughs> elvis the movie is very respectful of its subject matter and like say what you want about the movie itself but it is not trying to harm its subject matter no blonde and the way that both Ana de Armas and Andrew Dominic have spoken. Bitter. Like, about, they still hate Marilyn. They do not like her. They have such disrespect for her and say, like, you can try to convince me all you want about Ana de Armas loving Marilyn Monroe. No, she does not. Absolutely no. does not. She has no respect for that woman whatsoever. And I think this is such a spit in the face to Marilyn Monroe. And, like, yeah. I know a lot of people are, like, the Marilyn Monroe community, like, yeah, they have a reason to be upset. Like, this is truly a horrifying movie. It's not even just horrifying towards Marilyn Monroe. It's horrifying towards all just women. women in general. Like, like I just... I, and, and I, I, I can't knock the performance. She is good. But, like, I don't need the face of that movie being nominated. You know what I mean? I can't knock the performance. It is I not great. Probably, I, I, it is not great. It is. Like and it yes, it is partially the script's mostly the script's fault. It's, and I do think but I think you are watching this poor girl be traumatized on screen. Like you cannot convince me she had it like even her um actors on actors with Eddie Redmayne, she was like, I was traumatized every day. Like that was not a safe set. Mm-hmm. Like you would not be traumatized if it was a safe set. Like, obviously, I don't want to go into that movie. We have, like, a four-hour discussion on it you can listen to. <laughs> we can rail on the movie for hours. Where Adriano and Jacob both passed the safe men test. Um, but, yeah, just bad nomination. Um, I, yeah. My and thing, I love Anna Darvis in general. Of... Like, I love her in general. Like, you know what I mean? But She should have gotten, I'm, I'm going to a... pretend that she got nominated for Glass, or not Glass Onion. Knives Out. Knives Out, because Knives she out really did story. deserve one for Knives Out. She did. I love her. I love her in general, but. but my thing with it. a lot of the nominations that, like, I was upset about missing, I'm, like, looking through, like, for original score, of course I wanted Pinocchio in there, but I wouldn't take out everything everywhere and all quiet. Like, I love both well, of those. The only thing well. you would take out is probably the Fablemans. Yes. And I would take it out, no question. That, that. was never going to happen. So it's exactly. like, there's nothing to get mad about because, like, it's not like the one you would take out was, like, an option. So it's like, you're not going to get mad because Ana de Armas is one of, like, three nominations I'm mad about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, in you know, I don't like Elvis, but, like, everything it got nominated for, I predicted. So, like, I was like, well, well, and I feel like a lot of the text 
and then like Austin Butler's performance, you're fine with. Other than cinematography, uh, I mean, I would I I would have nominated I wouldn't have nominated in anything it was nominated for except for Butler and makeup. But like you know, that's a thing where like you know, would I have nominated in picture? Absolutely not. I don't think it should have happened. But like I'm aware I'm the one on. What the about end. sound? You wouldn't have put it in sound. No. What what, what are oh, they doing? It's it. It's some of the best I, sound work of the last five years. It is such good sound work. It, Especially knowing that they mixed like, his voice and Elvis's voice. They did that with Bohemian Rhapsody. No, they didn't. No, that's they it. mixed. They, no, they mixed a YouTuber's voice. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, not. That's true. You're right. You're right. I mean, that's Rami Malek's voice. Isn't that the same thing? It's uh, <laughs> it's not not the same thing. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I, I don't know. I wouldn't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not mad at the nomination. I just wouldn't nominate it. And I think Wait. that it wins some sort of stat for the most split screens nominated in film <laughs> editing. Probably eighty percent of the movie in a single scene. 90% of the movie is two screens. Um, Seeing that yeah. movie for the first time, and honestly my only time, and I'm kind of glad what? it got Best Picture because I need to go back and watch it. Um, in Screen X, the like, theater oh! with, like the wall screen. That, that <laughs> no, that's why That's why I haven't watched it again is because it's like that, and I, I like the movie, don't get me wrong, but like that was so like Screen X sucks, dude. hurts my brain so bad. Because I was like looking here, and I was like, and I was I didn't know how to do it. Ugh. I'm not even insulting Elvis there; just I'm insulting Screen X. It's yeah, terrible. Yeah. But you know, like Elvis and Pilcher, I'm like, you know, I I don't I don't like it, but you know, I, I'm I'm the one on the outs, so I can't really get mad at that. I really am pleased. I think Elvis should have gotten more nominations, but I'm alone in that. Um, but I guess. No one has anything else to say. We will be back end of the week, early next week with another episode diving into more of our thoughts here. Um, not just on nominations, but some other things. Um, before we sign off, does everybody want to say what their favorite nomination was outside of what they listed on our website, which you can find online oh. right now? Oh. Um, y'all don't have other favorite nominations? No, I'll, I say, do. I'll say I outside of do. my favorite. I mean, the thing is, is like, it was a shoe in I would have been shocked outside of the two that I said on the site, which is two I said on the site were Angela Bassett and Fire Love. Um, I think my favorite is Colin Farrell. My my favorite outside, and I think it's in relative to what like what we've said about it. All Quiet on the Western Front having a like relatively tiny budget and getting production design beautiful. Is, and visual effects. Yes. Um it's it's insane. It should win. Um, I hope it wins. It but could it's, win. it's it could. I mean, I understand, like, and I do think that the production design for Babylon is good, but like theirs was so much production design and they had the money and they had everything, and like for Elvis and Avatar, they had like all of this. They like they had all of the resources. Well, the only um, thing I'll say about Elvis is that it was a peak COVID production, and it's yeah. one of the only movies on this list that was like at the height of COVID. Yeah, it was the first um, movie shut down. This movie gave Tom Hanks COVID. Um, and I, I just think All Quiet getting in is is such a monumental feat for for that film 
Adriano, do you have anything other I mean, than other Brendan than, Fraser? Uh, other than my king, Mr. Brendan Fraser. Um, I mean, Everything Ever Wants is my favorite movie of the year and like one of my favorite, like honestly, one of my favorite movies of all time, genuinely. And But if I had to pick a specific nom that I loved, I mean, I can go on and on, but I really love that score nom. Like that movie is such interesting and unique scores, even like, the way like, um, what's that one song called? Like Claire Point, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Like the way they use that in the scene with um, uh, Evelyn and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character is just so un- like so unique. So like it helps elevate everything in the film. I to a degree where I'm just where like I I was straight up sobbing during the Kiwi Kwan speech, and that's and his performance is like eighty percent of it. But that score definitely helped. That's um, and also I just love the the Daniels got that director nom despite everything like you know i'm happy about that too but daniels um i i love like you know like i love that the director's branch they looked at that movie and said that is a singular vision like more so than anything this year that is such a that, solo like this is why movie. when me and you both switch the daniels to number one in director it's like that is a director's movie director's yeah. vision everything about it screams director and yeah. i mean obviously it's creativity too but like that it's just it doesn't so, work without their direction it, yeah like it's just such a um I, honestly i think maybe potentially an influential kind of movie i, mm-hmm. I really think you're gonna but, see like 50 movies <laughs> trying to be this yeah over the next like, two years 100%. Other than mine that I listed on the site, I think Women Talking and Adaptive Screenplay, I know a lot of people are saying that was just a given, but it's just such a beautiful adaptation. For a second, it didn't feel that way. Yeah, it didn't feel that way for a second. And then film editing for Tar is just an all-timer nomination. Same with cinematography. Tar is literally one of my favorite movies of the year. Just what what a film but it doesn't work without the editing and cinematography so beautiful and saying todd field as a director that's been nominated is also just wonderful um but like i said don't get adam there i want him to win something um (laughs) but like i said uh we'll be back talking about this till the oscars happen after the oscars happen so Make sure you're back listening uh, this week. Um, Lex, where can everyone find you on the internet? Um, on the internet, you can find me <laughs> on, um, I was going to say, here in about five minutes, you're going to, um, you can find me asleep because it's <laughs> past my bedtime. Um, but on the internet, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Alexis Willie, W-I-L-L-I underscore, and on TikTok at at Lexi, where I've decided my TikTok brand is to teach the youths about proper care of vinyl records. So beautiful. I hope that I can own uh women talking on vinyl soon. I do own it on vinyl. I know and I need it. Is there an everything uh, ever vinyl? Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I feel like there is sick. It's like yeah. black I, I'm pretty sure it's like black and white. Yeah. Um um, yeah. While Adriano is looking that up, you can follow me at Ken's Venunu on all social media platforms except Letterboxd. It's at Ken's Doyle. Don't yell at me. I didn't use it for a year. There's a ton of stuff not logged. Adriano, besides searching for the Everything Everywhere vinyl, where can everyone find you? Well, now I'm searching for Babylon. Um, I... <laughs> 
You can find me on Twitter at Adrian Caparuso. Uh, you can find me on Letterboxd, which is uh, which is just, I believe, Adriano Caparuso. I don't remember. Um, and you can find me on YouTube, which is just Adriano Caparuso. Amazing. Jacob, where can everyone find you? You can find me on Letterboxd, Twitter, um, Instagram, anywhere else at tbury57. Awesome. And then you can follow the show at Oscars underscore central on all social media platforms and check out our website, oscarcentral.com for predictions, nominations, anything else you're interested in. And until next time, that is the show.